Hi there, this is Joel with Overcome Evil with Good. This will be just a little different podcast. Um, it's going to be a kind that normally I reach out to the people that are hurting and the people that's going through toxic type relationships. This time, what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain it to someone as if they had no idea what you were going through. And so maybe this will help some people out there. Maybe you can send um, to people that you know that can't quite understand all of the manipulative issues that you have gone through over the past weeks, months, years, decades, okay? Um, so if you're out there and you don't understand uh, what perhaps your family member went through, um, maybe it's your brother, your sister, um, either an aunt or an uncle, a friend, and you don't understand it, what seemed like a good marriage, what seemed like, hey, matter of fact, sometimes they seem like the ideal marriage. Um, let me just share some things that what my they went through in the home, okay? Um, first of all, there's a, a complete sense of emptiness. Now, we can get that with non-toxic people, but what you have to understand is, when they are out in the public eye, they become who they want everybody to see. That's why they got the individual um, that uh, they did, and they will continue um, to go down this path. They are very good at becoming everything anybody wants them to be. They're the, a lot of times, they're the life of the party. They're the fun person. They can be the very spiritual person, okay? So beware of these things. What seems to be is often not what is, okay? So this person experienced a lot of behaviors that will drive them to the point of, of near insanity. And this is what we what you have to understand. If, if you've never been in one of these relationships, it's not fully possible that you understand it, but let me try to illustrate it. There's things called gaslighting. Gaslighting is a way to manipulate um, a conversation in order for it to make them look good, you look bad, you, you look crazy, and make them look sane. Now, you say, well, gosh, I've been around people like that. Well, try living with one. Try living with one when you're trying to do life. You're trying to you're trying to be the husband. You're trying to be the wife. You're trying to be the parent. Um, you're trying to be the the person, and 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 they constantly twist your words. And number two, a part of that is this person that has experienced this narcissist. They feel like they are crazy because they're always told that they're crazy. See, it's not like the person that was a victim of it is saying that they're crazy. Yes, that's true. But what is also true is a narcissistic person is constantly projecting their issues on the victim. So, for instance, um, there's a good chance that if it's a narcissist, there's a high probability that they were that they were not um, or they were in affairs. Okay, so they. They, uh, they did not have discretion that way because they were constantly feeding their own self, okay? So they can do things with other people. They can do things that the victim absolutely cannot. Um, 
And so you have this constant twisting of words, manipulation, and then also a lot of them can be very violent. It could be violent in in actions. It could be physical violence. It it can it'll definitely be mental and psychological abuse. Okay, um, what you have to understand is when you live with this day in and day out. Now, you may have again had some of this in your life, but when you have what we call a malignant narcissist, because truly. See, a lot of people, we get confused because we say, oh, narcissism, everybody has narcissism. And, you know, we all, um, uh, you know, think more of ourselves than, than we ought to think and so forth. Okay. While there's some truth in that, there are people with actual disorders. Now, um, they are malignant in that there is no cure. No matter what they do, they are always right. Let me give you an example, too. Um, they do not respect boundaries. So in other words, if I say, you know, what would be best for me is, or what would help me in this relationship is, now, if it fit their little narrative and it didn't make them change anything, there's a possibility they might accept it. But for the most part, you put down boundaries for narcissists. Like, you know, don't yell at me or hey, can we wrap this conversation up, you know, before midnight since I have to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning? Um, instead, there's no boundaries with these people. They know none. There isn't. And so they run over their victims. So in the home where no one else can see, you you might have yelling, you might have fighting, you're definitely going to have gaslighting. You're definitely going to have boundaries crossed. And, and it's just a nonstop a time where they are pointing out your faults, right? They're minimizing theirs, like, what's the problem? Because always the other person is a problem. Now, when you live under that all the time, you are living what we call walking on eggshells, okay? Now, you could imagine, like, what it would be liking, like to walk on eggshells, trying not to break the eggshells, okay? Now, because the problem is, is you don't know what to say. You, you'll you'll always be apologizing. You'll always try to craft your words to say it right because you do not want that person upset with you. They don't validate the emotions of the victim. They may have all kinds of emotions and they expect to be babied. They expect to be fostered, but don't dare say that, hey, I feel this when you, okay? That works in other relationships, but it doesn't work with them. Um, the thing is, is we, we say that a narcissist type person doesn't have empathy and so forth. That is true. However, what is so confusing is if you met that person outside in the home and you weren't a fly on the wall and you couldn't see what actually was happened behind closed doors, you would probably think that person is very empathetic. That person is very spiritual. That person's very nice. Eh, that person's okay, you know, but not that bad of a person. <laughs> Wouldn't they like you to think that? You see, that therein lies the issue because imagine being a victim. Imagine having all this stuff done to you. Lies and, 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 and cheating and 
and just in undermining you you put into them and they're never satisfied and they're always pointing out your faults and and they're very petty about certain things and and um the problem is it's not it's not immaturity it's not going to change because they don't see a need to change so then all of a sudden the victim has no hope they literally feel like a like a rope is being tightened a noose is being tightened around their neck every single day they just want out and so you have to understand that when these people are in these psychological mental type abuse things that when they got out you should celebrate that see a lot of times i find people you know maybe especially in religious circles or maybe in you know i mean listen I, I I planned on being married for the rest of my life. But your plans aren't always what is going to happen. I mean, look at the pandemic. We made a lot of plans for the spring. Lots of people made plans for spring break. Lots of people made plans to go on cruises. Lots of people made plans to play sports. Things don't always happen like you want them to happen. I'm here to tell you, if you think the the virus is bad right if you think that that this covid 19 is bad imagine living with that imagine living with the fear non-stop i mean even as a guy that could pick up his wife and throw her if he wanted to you're scared of that person because you don't know what they're going to do. You don't know what they're going to say. You don't know what stories they're going to manufacture. You don't know because they are going around saying all these things and victimizing themselves and making themselves look like a victim all the while they're the abuser. <laughs> Sounds like a man. I'm not. But I'm going to tell you, this stuff goes on and on and on. If you find someone apologizing a lot, they're probably in an abusive relationship. Um, if you find someone isolating themselves in the family, they're probably in an abusive relationship. If you see people that are not the same around their companion, their spouse, as they are from, from them, they're probably being abused. You see, what happens is we... If you've never been through this and you're on the outside looking in, it's very difficult to understand the levels of abuse. Hey, they may be a high-performing narcissistic person. They may have a great job down at so-and-so. They may be a stay-at-home mom. They may be um, a great, quote, great church member, right? Let me tell you something. These people are play actors. Some of them are very good at it. They've learned to manipulate people so much that the victim actually looks like the abuser at times. I've been there. And let me tell you something. You talk about disheartening and you talk about like not hope and you talk about like how in the world am I ever going to get out of this? How in the world is anybody ever going to see this? How is anybody going to understand the levels of just horrible stuff that happens behind closed doors.
The manipulation tactics are pretty severe at times. They, they rewrite history. They remember history. They never forget it because it's always in their toolbox to use against their victim in order to keep them down. Remember when you, I never, they'll say, I never did this and, and you always do that. And they put them under fear, obligation, and guilt. And when you live in fear, obligation, and guilt, you are being suppressed. You are being abused. So the person that might be having you listen to this, you need to understand, and I don't mean that in a, a negative way, you need to understand what levels of toxicity that was flowing in the home it would be, I mean, how would you feel if they had carbon monoxide constantly in their home? Or, 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 maybe, or maybe some other kind of um, toxic fumes or maybe some kind of a mold or, um, you know, asbestos or something like that in the home. You'd say, get out. Get out for your own health. Get out. You know, it's a slow death. You're going to get mold and you're going to get, you know, um, all kinds of respiratory problems and, and so forth. But yet, when it comes to relationships, it's amazing. We turn our eye and think, well, they, they can work that out. I mean, especially in the religious realm, all you do is got to, hey, you know, Joel, love, you know, her like Christ loved the church. Or, hey, all you do is have to honor your husband, respect him. And you can't do that with these people. It is impossible. And once the person realized that and they got enough understanding of it, they finally, their light bulbs came on and said, I don't have to live this way. I'm living in hell. Instead of maybe condemning them, maybe judging them, or maybe even, I mean, I've had this, I'm telling you, people like, you know, I, I don't agree with you and I don't, what do you mean you don't agree with me? It ain't about whether you agree with me or not. I frankly don't care whether you agree with me or not. I know what happened. So the facts are the facts. You see, you have a perception possibly that things are workable or or maybe you don't understand, or maybe you think that, because um, frankly, the matter is the person that we're talking about, they may have done this two or three times. And you say, well, maybe they're the problem because they're not working out the marriage. No, they keep running back to abusive people. That's what happens. It becomes a cycle. So the person that you thought was always the fault might be just a person that it, that does not know how to stand up for themselves and they picked bad relationships. Did you think about that? Now, again, I'm not here to I'm not here to cause any harm or anything towards a person listening. What I want to do is I want to create understanding. I want you to understand that there are people out there that are very, very toxic. And instead of condemning, celebrate. Celebrate that this person, your loved one, your friend, got out. They can live again. But it's going to take time because just like any other, you know, any kind of abuse, physical abuse, hey, those heal pretty fast. Okay? But a psychological mental abuse, let me tell you something. It can last years upon years and sometimes a full lifetime.
That's how toxic these people are. It's like dropping Agent Orange right in the home. You think I'm being dramatic? Listen, I hear stories by the hundreds. I know my story. And I know the stories of literally hundreds of people. And it is amazing. Some of them escape with their life. Maybe because it was physical. Maybe it was because they were getting ready to take their own life because this person drove them to the point of near insanity. And so when you, you just, you celebrate them. Understand that they came out of something so poisonous. And they had something inside them that rose up and they got out. We need to celebrate these people. Because this is when life can start to begin. It is, when you live with a toxic person, it is like living through a long, hard winter. I mean in Siberia winter, okay? We're talking, we're talking negative degree temperatures. We're talking about nothing growing. Um, now, that's all on the inside. On the outside, yeah, they might be prosperous. On the outside, there might be a lot of cool things. They might be doing a lot of great things. There might be a lot of good Facebook pay, uh, posts and things like that that make them look like a happy family. It doesn't, pictures are momentary issues that can be put on some digital screen, okay? It says nothing about what's going on behind. Now, you, you think about this. Think about politics and um, the Hollywood and everything like that where you get a photo op. Listen, when you, you see photos of a family and perhaps even videos, oh sure, there might be some little times of laughter and fun. No doubt, that happens until it doesn't. That may happen one or two, three times in a day where it might be up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Hey, you know what? It's fine to go to a amusement park, okay? To ride a roller coaster. But I'm here to tell you that that person, that victim is in an abusement park. And because that roller coaster is going up and down, up and down, it's jerking left and right. You'd never know what is gonna happen. And that is what in lies the problem because it's not like normal people where you can say, hey, listen, when you did this, it made me feel this way and they make changes. Instead, they're just gonna blame the victim. Well, I had to because you did, or I wouldn't have done that if you wouldn't have, you know, that's unhealthy behavior. And no one can stay in their right mind and stay in a healthy relationship. And that that's just the relationship. What about the kids? The kids have to go through all of that garbage too. You say, well, it's better that they have a mom and a dad. Well, it is if one's not toxic. Let me ask you a question. Is it better for a kid to live in a, in a $200,000 home or a $30,000 home? Well, I got a lot of questions about that one. Is a $30,000 home, it could be a nice place of rest, safety, pure air, clean air, everything fine. You could put them in a $200,000 house and, and, and turn around and have, you know, carbon monoxide and all kinds of stuff being pumped through the vents. Okay? Listen, here's what I want you to understand, and this is what I plead with you. If you're listening to this in this and, and, and you know someone who's went through this, again, celebrate them. 
help them out. Maybe every once in a while ask them, is there, is there something that I can do for you? Because they're going through hell in their brain like you've never known. I see it all the time. I watch it. Because the deal is this. You don't want that person carrying around guilt because someone made them feel guilty, okay? You don't need to add on to that guilt. You don't need to add on to the confusion. What I'm encouraging you to do is edify them, build them up. Because if not, what's going to happen is they're going to feel isolated even more. They're going to feel misunderstood. And they may turn around and repeat the same thing. That's why I have a ministry that I do, and it's called Overcome Evil with Good. Because that is exactly what you can do when, when there's evil, right? And evil is done to people. We can overcome those things with good. And so I just want to implore you, I want to encourage you to encourage someone you know that's been through abuse. Because let me tell you something, they truly went through a literal psychological mental hell till next time Let's talk a little bit about anger. Hi, my name is Joel, and I am coming to you with Overcome Evil with Good. We're going to talk about anger, okay? Um, when you're going through a, um, a toxic relationship, a narcissistic relationship, this is what we, we talk about on here, and uh, we're going to talk about anger and, and what kind of anger is good and what kind of anger is bad. And a lot of people think that you know, they think that anger is all bad, especially if you're a Christian. Uh, oftentimes, what we, we find out that uh, many people have a misconception of that, that God thinks that we're not supposed to be angry. Well, that's simply not true. And I want to dispel some of, of those myths uh, as we get into this, okay? First of all, the, the Bible says, I'm going to start out um, in the book of Ephesians. Um, it says that we're supposed to be angry. It says, be angry and sin not, okay? Anger is a God-given emotion, okay? And sometimes, frankly, you should be angry. There's a lot of things out there that should cause anger inside of you. But the anger that the Bible talks about, okay, I, I could get into a Bible study with this, and the book of Proverbs has a lot if you want to look into the book of Proverbs uh, about anger, but that's not the purpose of what I'm doing here today, because um, it talks about um, the angry man that, you know, that, that it, what a terrible thing an angry man is. If you're defined by an angry man or woman, uh, that is not a good thing at all. But sometimes there are certain subjects that should make you um, what we call righteous indignation, right? And so you should be angry. God was angry. God has anger. The God of love, the, um, the same uh, God that we, we say that uh, we talk about Jesus and that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and that he was, he was able to come in um, to this world and demonstrate love 
uh, to a sinful people, okay? But sometimes you, you ought to be angry. And so when is it appropriate? Well, um, anger that is appropriate is when uh, there is some kind of, let's say, um, something out there that is 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 horrifying, okay? So we talk about maybe something child uh, endangerment. And, you know, you, you see things all the time on Facebook. Uh, you see uh, types of endangering. The recent thing that I've seen where the lady was uh, smoking weed while she was holding her baby. Um, and there was a lot of anger that, that rose up in every one of you that were angry. And you put that little mean, angry emoji uh, on there. You had a right to be angry because when innocent people are being violated, that is a horrible thing. And you should be angry. When you or your children have been have been uh, under abuse, you should be angry. And what is interesting is this. Sometimes we do get angry, but sometimes we get used to it. And we turn our anger into complacency. And that is bad, okay? There's a lot of um, social ills out there. Now, we, if we sat and thought about them all the time, obviously... You can't sit around and be angry all the time because there's a lot of good things out there. But when something comes past you and it can be constructive anger that you can use that energy of anger to make a difference. But if you're not using that energy to make a difference and it's only um, uh, you're, you're only taking that anger and you're spewing uh, hateful things out there. Now, we've all done that. In our anger, we have... We have done things that that hurt a lot of people. Um, I know in my own anger, um, I have said things um, that, man, even sometimes as soon as it rolled off my tongue, I wish I could have pulled it back. The last thing in the world I want to do in my anger is to harm somebody, okay? But I've done it, and and I'm sure... um, all of you have okay and um you know i want to i want to just let's let's talk a little bit about um anger and uh, it can be it can be like a very dangerous emotion we have seen people uh do some crazy things out of anger let's let's take road rage for instance okay you get mad because someone pulled out in front of you and and in your pride okay i'm not saying that you should have been happy that somebody almost, you know, maybe turned left in front of you or or they weren't paying attention or you're going down the road and they're almost hit you and you look over and they're on their cell phone. They were completely oblivious to what just happened. There ought to be a certain amount of um, anger, but if it can't be constructive, uh, especially car to car, <laughs> you know, you're, you're best left to back away and, uh, and, and uh, to deal with your own emotions, okay? Um, but but anger can be very constructive and and um, but let's talk about unhealthy um, expressions of anger. Okay, first of all, we talked about violence. All right, so we've already mentioned a little bit about that. Any type of abusive behavior um, demonstrated through anger is always wrong. Okay, whether the um, whether it, any kind of uh, abuse, um, whether it be 
uh, psychological uh, abuse or whether it be uh, physical abuse, uh, whether it be spiritual abuse. And some people in their anger um, towards maybe something that they don't like and and uh, maybe it's something, a preference that you, you allow God. See, God is the, ven- he's the one that takes vengeance. So we have to be very careful how we display our anger. Okay, another way um, you know, is un- unhealthy, is a passive-aggressive type, okay? So that's when you're like, y- you know what passive-aggressive is. I, I think I'd- I'm going to define it for you that don't know what, I- what it is quite. Um, but it is when you, when you allow things, to, um, you know, things, people that have harmed you, or maybe it's perceived um, harm, and then all of a sudden you kind of ha- you have slants and slights on people and you you have this very passive aggressive it's very easy to identify someone who is passive aggressive because they tend to make little um short statements they're they're holding this anger and so they they become cynical towards a person and and you see a lot of that they don't sit down and deal with it in a healthy way okay and if you've never been in a family um that maybe They've never taught you how to process anger and to sit down with someone, and if it's pro- appropriate, and to um, communicate how that person offended you, right? And so then you turn around and you will you will just just throw little darts back at them. Okay, that's passive aggressive. Another another unhealthy uh, thing is is when you hold it in or you suppress it. Okay, when you are suppressing your anger and you're putting it inside of you. That is when people implode. I think that's when people uh, a lot of times end up doing some really harmful things because they, or maybe you put it in and you're just harming your own self. Um, maybe uh, you get you. It's demonstrated in headaches. Maybe it's demonstrated in stress. Maybe it's demonstrated in anxiety because you have anger and you've never called out what pain that was wrong. That was wrong what they did to me. That was wrong what they did to that other person. But if you process it in a correct manner, um, it is not suppressing. So you want to make sure that you do that. And, and obviously getting revenge, and, and I already kind of said it, um, but Jesus said that, um, um, or actually the Bible, I should say, God says that um, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. You know, there's a lot of times we want to um, pay people back, and and no doubt they deserve it. But it is always unhealthy to get revenge on someone. Okay, um, to carry that out and to think that you um, have the right to get revenge on someone. Okay, and while I understand it, and most people understand when you're abused, uh, you want to get revenge, and um, you know, and we watch a lot of movies uh, where they glorify. Um, revenge and uh, it's it's never uh, healthy because um, you're putting yourself in the seat of a of the judge, um, the jury, and even uh, the executioner. Okay, and so you are um, displaying it in a very unhealthy way. Now, when you um, l- let's talk about um, let's talk about healthy ways of dis- responding to anger. Okay. Um, how does how does God deal with anger? How does he? 
Because God is our model, and he is the one that says um, how to handle these things because he created us, and he knows exactly um, how you and I are to process uh, our anger. Let's look at Psalm chapter 7, verse 11, okay? It says that God is a righteous judge, a God who displays his wrath every day. Now, in current um, Christianity, um, we don't like to display God as an angry God. Um, God is God is an angry God. He's not an He's not characterized as an angry God. He we call him. You know, we know that he's known um, that God is love. But part of his love and the way he demonstrates is his anger towards unrighteousness, towards evil, and and that is why we say overcome evil with good. All right. But God has a way of demonstrating. Um, God has his way of dealing righteously, okay? The problem with us is it's hard for us to deal righteously a lot of times because we don't always have the whole picture. We don't know the person's background. We don't know um, what was perceived in, a, in an incident. Um, um, and we can obviously see things that are clearly wrong, okay? And we have to deal with it righteously as best as we can with the given amount of information uh, that we have. Uh, another way is to contact authorities. Um, number one, if you're a, a believer, it's good to contact um, your, your, your church authorities and, or a counselor and to help, help you process these things. But if there's things that are happening um, and you need to get the law involved, uh, child protection services involved, do so. And that's a healthy way to demonstrate anger, okay? Um, there's there's uh, ways also, uh, some things you just have to let go. You know, I had something that happened today um, that uh, I was uh, involved with, and there was something that uh, was perceived it could have looked like it was part my fault, um, that I would gladly um, take responsibility. However, I'm not to accept responsibility that is not mine to, to accept. And, um, and so, you know, I just had to let it go. I mean, I just had to let it go. Um, there was some things said, some things done, and I just had to let it roll, roll away. And usually um, those things a lot of times will take care of itself. Um, but here's the, the final thing that I want to talk about in a healthy respond to anger. Always remember how kind God is to us, um, even though we have done things to make him angry, all right? Um, God is a, a, is a um, God of mercy, okay? What mercy is, is withholding um, something from you, okay? We say grace is giving something to you. Mercy is withholding his anger or his judgment from you. And sometimes that's a very proper response, is, is to remember that you have made the same mistakes. And it's not overlooking things. We don't want to just brush things under the rug because we will become uh, passive-aggressive. We will suppress it. Um, sometimes we need to just get alone and sometimes we need to pray. Sometimes we need to process it on a piece of paper or with a friend, um, with a counselor. But oftentimes, if you if you don't react, but you respond, and there's a very um, two different, uh, complete different ways of handling anger. You can 
react to it, and and that's like you did this, bam! I'm going to do something back, um, or you respond, and sometimes response is a slow response. Uh, you may write an email, uh, you may have to sit on it, you might write a text, you may have to sit on it for a day or two, um, because what happens is when we're hurt, a lot of times what we do is we take up offense, and when we take up offense then we want to demonstrate our anger in a wrong way. So I hope some of these things were ways that you can understand that anger is a good emotion, anger is a God-given emotion, but anger has to be like, you know, you've heard the illustration that anger is like, um, you imagine a fire. A fire can be very destructive, but a fire contained in a fireplace is very healthy okay it keeps you warm it keeps the house warm um it may cook food and so um that fire is is healthy when it is contained but when it is let go and it it, it can destroy all kinds of um forest fires right uh we we've seen this past summer when uh, i think the amazon some rainforests were, were on fire we always see it in california and alaska uh, these places that it does so much destruction because somebody didn't properly put out um, a fire or maybe it was um, through lightning um, strike or something like that. But what you need to do is just remember that you have the opportunity to take a God-given emotion and direct it into something healthy and something productive instead of something unhealthy and very destructive. And that's how we overcome evil with good. Till next time.